Welcome to Hole in the Air, the podcast that may just burp the baby in you. There's something I need to ask. Do you have a photographic memory? I sure don't. But the next best thing is having Ed Freeman around, taking photos of people in places when they might just otherwise slip from your sight and then from mind. Today, our world-famous podcast team talks with Ed about the magnificent photographic portraits he takes of people who are homeless. I, my friends, am your podcast interlocutor, but no more of my restless ruminating. Let's hit the start button and begin. Hello, everyone. Uh, We're starting today's podcast, which, by the way, is titled probably uh, Hole in the Air. Maybe it's the Silver Lake Annunciator. We're still wrestling with what to call a podcast, but we're really excited about uh, today's special guest and our other visitors. Our special guest is Ed Freeman, uh, who's a fabulous photographer and has a wonderful history, uh, just life history. Uh, we're going to hone in on a series of photos he's doing about uh, or of people who happen to be homeless. And we'll really talk primarily about that, I think. We're, we're joined by Renee Nahum. This is, by the way, myself, Paul Michael Newman, a silent witness who likely won't be chiming in is Susan O'Leary. And then we also have Gary DeLaRosa. Gary, do you want to uh, mention your, what you bring to the table professionally or, or vocation-wise? Well, I'm a human relations advocate for the city of Los Angeles. I'm currently working as a business service manager for the Economic Workforce Development Department's Rapid Response. Basically, when people are losing their jobs through no fault of their own, uh, you might remember American Apparel, 3,000 workers out on the street. Uh, We come in, uh, in this case, in that case, I should say, with eight different languages being needed to help people get the services so they could get back into the workforce service. And that's, of course, a a separate episode to happen (laughs) still, but clearly it's also not wholly unrelated to the homelessness that some people no. find themselves experiencing uh, when you don't have a job. It's hard <laughs> to maintain housing. Uh, but that said, Ed, thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I guess without further ado, maybe we can find out uh, both about yourself, but uh, specifically about the uh, photos of uh, people who are homeless in Los Angeles. I think you with you, it's for you. It's been exclusively Los Angeles, the yes, homeless population. Yes, so far it could expand, but so far it's just LA. So, so you've uh, first of all, you started as a, a kid with a camera, correct? Pretty much since I was about ten. Yeah, but then, and I don't mean to deliver your biography when you're here, but <laughs> uh, and I hope we get into this a bit later. But you've certainly had a very interesting and successful career in music. Um, we were discussing earlier how you were a roadie on the Beatles' last tour, but you also uh, have been involved as a producer and, and uh, orchestrator. Is that fair to say? Uh, orchestrator, arranger, uh, composer, uh, guitarist, uh, performer. I pretty much did all of it. I, I pointed out to you that we're, this, we're recording this uh, the day after the Preakness was run, mm-hmm. and in an, in an earlier race... I had noticed, looking at the racing form, that there was a horse named The Day the Music Died, sired by a horse named McLean's Music. And that, of course, uh, brings to mind a huge hit by Don McLean. And you, Ed, worked on that. You, were, you produced it, correct? I produced and arranged that album, yes. Fantastic. Uh, I know a certain city council member, who shall go unnamed for now, who, whose guiding light is really, in a sense, that song, although it's also anything by the kinks. Um, <laughs> be that as it may. Um, so, And you've, uh, you've certainly done series of photographs that are not of uh, homeless people, but uh, when did you start professionally uh, focusing in on photography being your, your work, your I passion? I transitioned from music to photography about 25 years ago. 
So it's the second half of my career. And when did you start uh, really making a point of, and why, of taking photographs of homeless people? Well, you know, I think obviously uh, the homelessness is a problem that's enormous and there's no one fix to it. Um, it seemed to me that what I could contribute to it was um, the fact that you don't really, aren't really moved to look for a solution or solutions to homelessness until you uh, really have a sense that the people who are living on the street are very much human and they're like you and me. They just don't happen to have a job and they're on the street. Um, so I thought that what I could bring to the table was uh, some photographs that would really underscore the humanity and the individuality of the people who are on the street. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't claim to know what the solution is or the solutions are. I just thought that that's, as a photographer, that's what I could um, contribute. And uh, my, the nature of my photography is that I, I'm really not interested in showing what's wrong with the world. I think there are a lot of people that do that very competently. Um, I'm more interested in showing what's right. And um, so when I took this attitude and approached people uh, who are homeless, it was really about uh, photographing them and showing their, showing that they're real people. You know, the kind of you know we tend to walk down the street and and avoid the avoid eye contact with with uh, homeless people, but um, once you get to see who they are and and you meet them you find out wow it's just a regular person <laughs> and um that that's what i wanted to show in the pictures i do uh, first of all want to mention what i'll mention i'm sure more than once in this podcast which is that people can see some of these photos on your website which is edfreeman.com correct yes that's correct um what's clear from looking at any of the photos is that you uh are so diligent and respectful uh, and, and clearly uh, want to present people uh, in an honored way. Um, and uh, I, I, I guess I'm curious what, uh, how you go about uh, talking to people. I think you always get there this is not furtive street photography which is something no. that some of us love this is you uh very specifically uh talking to people that interest you as as uh potential uh subjects mm -hmm. if you will and you have relationships uh through talking to them that are you nurture mm -hmm. and that you um you actually seek their consent and and you, uh, I assume, take, it surely looks like you take a lot of time to, to photograph them in a way you mm -hmm. consider appropriate. And uh, I think your generosity of spirit shows in the process. So maybe you can walk us through both how you, uh, how you proceed when you find uh, the persons that you want to approach. I think you're out pretty much on a daily basis, maybe, with your camera. I, what I what equipment been, yeah. you bring, how you go about it, uh, the lighting that... I, I think you digitally do some uh, some work. I know on many of your other projects, you make a point in your website of signaling that you that you are very immersed in the the digital aspects of photographing things that are very real. Um, so maybe you can walk us through the process on this project. Well, you know, the uh, one question you asked is how do I approach these uh, people, and that's the the number one question I always get asked and it just um, it amuses me a little bit because how do you approach anybody uh, exactly the same way you just walk up to somebody and say hi how you doing uh, and I mean people are generally pretty easy to talk to uh, I mean occasionally you run into somebody who's had a bad day and is not very friendly but mostly the people I've run into are very friendly and um, they're happy to talk. 
And, you know, if I say, hey, I'm out here and I'm taking pictures, uh, I'm taking portraits of people, and uh, I'd love to take a portrait of you. Uh, is that okay? Um, most of them say, yeah. And, you know, what happens usually is that the next day I bring them a print of the picture. And uh, so word gets around pretty fast, and even though this is a very um, uh, fluid population, you know, but the gets around that I'm an okay guy and I uh, take pictures and give people prints and so it's, it's real easy. Well, I'd it's, say you're more than an okay guy because having worked with human relations, having worked with Gary Leonard, some other photographers around, it's not always that easy. So I think you have something wor uh, working for you that you're <laughs> underselling here. Because uh, they, you know, not all homeless people are the same, obviously, and there's a lot yeah. of different issues as we've discovered. Sure. So you must have something working for you. Well, I'm, you know, I am making some choices, and there are homeless people that are have mental issues, mm -hmm. and there are homeless people that can be unpleasant, and there are homeless people who are strung out on all sorts of drugs. And some of them are just ashamed too. And some of them have that, but you know, if you. Most people, if you approach them respectfully and mm -hmm. with a friendly manner, they're fine. Mm -hmm. And actually, I find a lot of them are really interested in telling their story mm -hmm. because nobody else listens to them. Yeah, there you go. And so I just, you know, I just say, hey, you know, what's going on? What, how'd you end up here, out here? And they, that's it. <laughs> I have to sit back for a half an hour and listen. And it's great. Well, of that's the, the payment. <laughs> Have yeah. you ever gone back and shared the portrait with some of these some of Oh, yeah, people? I give them prints. And you give them prints, which is great. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you about that. Um, have any of them said, no, I don't like this, take another one? Um, wow. Gee, that's an interesting question. Uh, no, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I mean, they're beautiful. Thank and you. I was going to ask you about, like, lighting. How do you – you're on the street. Well – you know, uh, I might move somebody. I say, you know, do you mind if we sort of move over there because the light's better? Um, and that's pretty much it. I don't carry any lighting equipment. I just it's all natural light. Is it all uh, in the daytime or? Pretty much pretty in much. the daytime, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask a geeky question. So what do you use? What kind of camera? Uh, right now I have a Nikon D850, and I use a uh 2470 lens for most of these or a 105 prime okay uh that's the geeky answer yeah, that's a good <laughs> good answer of course we should i think stipulate for the record that as you said uh some people who are homeless may be whether it's strung out or maybe having a rough uh, patch of time or have tough tough time of day and maybe some some will be temperamental perhaps that's true of the entire population Sure. Uh, it's true of everyone. I mean, you, you know, it's you not like crazy people not in like Beverly Hills. Yeah, too, it's not know? like there's stable folks and then homeless people. Yeah. Uh, it's like the, the whole world is is uh, is iffy a lot of times, mm -hmm. and you throw into the mix. Uh, not to get off on a separate subject, but the availability of weapons and other things, and and, and so it, it is a it's a touchy day and age we live in, and I think that's that everyone. Uh, can run into people easily wherever they are uh, who, who may be having a, 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 a moment where they're not exactly at their most exemplary. Um, I'm curious uh, if you, uh, how, how you, how, if at all, you, you look at the uh, stuff people have with them. Um, of course, we walk by, drive by, maybe interact with, People who are homeless and, and were aware at times of the uh, possessions they may have, uh, the housing such as it is that they may have if it's a tent or a sleeping bag or a cardboard box or something else. Um, do you uh, use any of that particularly as a, conceivably as a, as a setting or as a part of the photo or do you really primarily uh, present the people themselves uh, without taking t too much into account what they might have with them? I tend to focus on the person uh, because I think the possessions, if I included too much of the possessions, that would really be a separating or a distancing um, element in the picture. You know, people would not, people can relate 
more to a face than they can to uh, somebody's tent, for example. But I have shot uh, this one couple that invited me into their, their tent, which was really pretty nice inside. Uh, and I photographed them in, in their tent. Um, and I've photographed uh, homeless people with their dogs um, and uh, sometimes some possessions. But mostly these are portraits. One of Ed's uh, series of photos is of, is of people, as this fair way of putting this, people who are, are nude in a swimming pool. Yes. Underwater. It's underwater right. photography. Uh, right. I think I saw one photo where a person was maybe half immersed, <laughs> but mostly underwater without clothes on mm -hmm. and um, seeming wonderfully present and vital and vibrant and full and whole. And sometimes in the photos where there's more than one, in many of them cases, there are several figures. Uh, one senses both individuality and community in those people. And uh, so certainly their possessions are not hanging around at the bottom of the pool uh, or floating around. I, I do remember from looking at your website that you mentioned that that actually involved a lot of uh, work to uh, make the images visible and clear uh, because underwater photography doesn't automatically give you uh, that kind of clarity. Um, and obviously that's an acceptable part of the project, even a, a challenge that I think you probably enjoy. Yeah, um, there's, uh, I actually, I, I say that uh, when I go out taking pictures, I'm not really a photographer. I'm doing data acquisition because there's so much computer manipulation that goes on um, to really optimize the picture. Uh, but uh, underwater photography, especially, that's uh, when you look at the raw images, you think this is hopeless. I'll never, I'll but never but even uh, another series is of the kinds of uh, well, of various buildings. There's, I guess, you have various series that show buildings, but um, which are all wonderful, I think, to look at. Uh, any of us who have taken a train or driven or hitchhiked through. The, desert portions of the country uh, see the, the sadly beautiful structures that sometimes are, are desolate and and, and uh, wasted that maybe used to be or are off of what was Route 66 or whatever once populated uh, corridor went by that town and now you see those buildings that are again kind of uh, barely standing maybe in Somehow, those buildings, other buildings that maybe are fresher, are still alive very much, uh, and you take and you, again, digital work, etc. It's not that you're revising the looks of those buildings per se, I would say, but that you're putting them in, in a context, uh, visual context, where you can fully see and experience some of the wonder of, of a of a building, of an old store, or whatever it may be, uh, and same thing I think with the the uh, people underwater. It's not that you're betraying their nature; it's that you're illuminating uh, a lot of the, the the aspects that seem beautiful. Well, I think the I, I do photograph buildings like that, but it's there. It's uh, very similar to what I'm doing with homeless people. I'm just looking at things that people easily overlook and uh, saying, this is really worth looking at, and I'm going to clean it up a little bit in the computer um, and maybe change the sky in the background, take out the parked car that's in front of it, <laughs> and so you can really see it for what it's worth because you might easily just drive by this and never pay it a passing thought, but it's something really worth looking at and appreciating. And it's the same thing with the pictures of homeless people. You know, we drive by and don't pay attention and yet if you stop and talk i mean i really recommend this to anybody just you know stop and you might not want to do this on skid row that's that's probably a more dangerous place but um in in most places that people are hanging out uh homeless people are hanging out they're fine <laughs> they're 
they just, you know, they used to work at Walmart, and now they don't anymore. I mean, it's not a problem uh, for for you to interact with them. And it's the same thing I'm doing with buildings. I'm just looking at something that's worth looking at, but that um, that you tend to uh, avoid or, or just not pay attention to. I, I do think uh, it's important to note that while there's a certain fear and anxiety that's commonly experienced, I think, uh, and and an uncertainty too, because we'd all like to live in a most of us would like to live in a happy world where people don't have uh, those kinds of challenges and it's discomforting for people sometimes to see that in their own backyard so to speak where they live but I think uh, for those of us who are at all involved and in, in whether it's politics or government or or uh, nonprofit work or just in one's community, there's a whole lot of people in L.A. increasingly who I think do what you're talking about, who actually make an effort, even if it's, let's say, taking part in the uh, census, census count of, of homeless population or just of trying to help the people on their corner. Maybe it's also done through a, a house of worship. Or, but I think a lot of people just do it on their own. I think the, the, the nature of our society is here, at least in Los Angeles, um, as it's a as the problem is ever more increasingly rising up the ranks of problems that we, th as a as a city, think ha uh, has to be uh, treated in a humane way and an effective way. The problem, not uh, in terms of recognizing that people have needs, and people who are outside often have specific needs, and we want to uh, make sure that those needs are met. They're even given a host of legal and other issues that uh, that arise. But I think there's a, 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 a spirit of friendliness and, and compassion that is is really present. It's a, and I think what you do is is of extraordinary importance in terms of showing the humanity of people because that does slip by sometimes. But it, I think it's important to say it's a, it's a priority that people I think in their everyday lives are starting to increasingly think uh, go about trying to address just by saying hello. And, and seeing what they can do to help if help is wanted or needed. Also, I mean, a lot of people that, and myself included, we go by um, a homeless encampment and we don't want to see them. You know, it's uncomfortable. You don't want to see them. And you're showing this side that here, look, this is, this is a person, this is a human being like you are. And I think more and more we're, we're evolving that these, are, these people are part of our community. Um, it's not a different community. They're integrated into our community. And I really think that what you're doing kind of helps with that. Well, I, I would like to think it does. Mm -hmm. uh, and if we are evolving in such a way that we really appreciate that this is, these are not some kind of disease. <laughs> these are uh, just regular people. And um, how stressful it must be to be on the street. Yeah. It's I mean, a, it's, it's uh, you, but we are, we're always complaining the about the stress in our lives, and I can't imagine yeah. the extra stress of not having a comfortable place mm -hmm. to relax, yeah. just to clear your head. Yeah. Well, I just want to toss in. So when I saw some of your photos, there was two things that came to mind. Um, so uh, one, Dorothea Lang. You know which one I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Okay. So is that an influencer? And maybe you can explain to our uh, audience what I mean by Dorothea Lang. Uh, Dorothea Lang uh, shot the immortal picture of the, uh, um, the woman during the the depression. It was with her two kids. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the picture is, but she was a Migrant midwestern uh, midwestern housewife who was leaving the Dust Bowl. Um, and uh, she has this anguished look on her face, and her two kids are sort of clinging on to her for dear life. Um, yeah, that's a, a picture which really humanized the Dust Bowl and uh, the effects of the Depression, mm -hmm. and uh, that's very much an influence. Uh, I mean, I, I would not claim that any picture of mine comes anywhere close to that because it's an immortal, iconic picture that really literally changed history mm -hmm. um 
but that's exactly the kind of thing that I would like to do cool. with my pictures. That's quite cool. And then the second part is um, having studied photography a lot <clears throat> and into fo uh, sort of you know what they call the, the street journalism and the action photos and everything. Mm -hmm. I noticed that some of your photos, uh, you you have one foot particular one where there's a person sitting in the placita. And they have what they call the bum-proof bricks pointed up so people couldn't sit on them. And, and that right. was brought in during the radical th uh, 30s. And then you have a different top, right, a mm -hmm. different background. Yeah. And so some folks, that's been a, a battle for a long time, uh, you know, is that taking the truth and doing something different with it or is it making it into art? So I'd just like to have your thought on that. Yeah, that's a, a matter of ongoing controversy yeah, sure because I do uh, manipulate pictures. I don't manipulate the subject yeah. I manipulate the background to and, create something yeah okay. and uh, this is something the photographers have been doing for 200 years yeah. and artists <laughs> as well right? yes <laughs> and it uh, I mean I can go on about this for hours but uh, it it strikes me uh, sort of uh, curious that photography is the only art form that seems to have rules Yes, and there's like morals and ethics involved in it. <laughs> I mean, nobody questions a painter who you know decides to move a tree from over here to over there. But uh, the minute it's a photograph, it's uh, I'm supposed to be a journalist. I'm not a journalist. I'm not doing. Uh, this is not newspaper photography. Uh, I'm creating portraits. In this case, or when I'm photographing the buildings, I'm creating a portrait of the building. And uh, I'm the only difference is I'm using tools that are more advanced mm -hmm. than we had 50, 100, 200 years ago. Um, that that's the only thing. And and you know every photographer since day one has been manipulating their pictures. We've just gotten better at it. <laughs> so uh, if, if you look at an Ansel Adams. Uh, Print. I mean, these are enormously manipulated pictures. Nobody Thank questions that. that. <laughs> um, there are there is a school of photography that that uh, demands that pictures be completely unmanipulated, and I have no problem with that. Um, it's just that I don't see that. You know why? Just because I'm a photographer, I'm subjected to your rules about how <laughs> photography yeah. should be done. Well, if it's an art form, there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Yes, now, exactly. On, on your website, again, uh, which is edfreeman.com, uh, and these photos, at least some of them, good sampling you can check out, please. Um, you mentioned pretty much, I think, every time on a project that that you do that, that the digital part, component is, is a very valid part or it's an intrinsic part of a lot of the work you do uh, I certainly think it's evident to people who look at the photos on the website that um, while that they may not exactly resemble what they look like in person because of the limitations that there can be technologically um, but it's clear that the uh, the subject I think it's crystal clear that the the subjects of these photos are are, are being presented in a way that's very pure and and um, whatever might be going on digitally is of interest, but the subjects are treated with, with utmost respect and and are honored and are not messed with in, in a, any sense, uh, manipulated in the sense that you uh, betray the subjects. You know, you 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 present them wholly. Uh, I I want to emphasize one thing which I haven't said so far, which is that the photo series we're talking about um, of people who are homeless, uh, the profits of any sales goes uh, go to the Venice, Venice Community Housing, correct? Yes, that's right. And so it's, uh, it's you know, putting aside what may be present in any walk of life, which is the issue of exploitation and whether it's intrinsic to any focus we give to anything, whether or not we monetize it, um, it's important to say that though you have made clear that as a photographer you are doing what you can and you're not pretending to solve problems on a global uh, level, you're taking photos and, and just reminding people or alerting them to the humanity that's involved, uh, and that's precious. But you're also uh, 
doing something in terms of the funds that come about because of the sales of these photos. And that is, again, the, the funds are going to the Venice Community Housing. Um, how many photos, I'm sure not every photo you take turns into a, an a, a end result a portrait that you may, uh, that you may uh, actually uh, sell or potentially sell. Uh, but how many photos would you say roughly are there so far in the series, given that you're working on it all the time? I think it's 30 or 40 finished prints. And uh, there's been some talk of a book coming out of this? I tried to um, uh, fund a book, and what I wanted to do is make a... I mean, maybe this is just my ornery nature. I wanted to make a really luxurious coffee table book out of it because that's so much in in keeping with my notion of the, what these pictures are. These are noble human beings, worthwhile human beings. And I wanted to make a book, rather than some little paperback that was printed on crappy paper, I wanted to make a book that really honored them. Uh, and uh, I did a GoFundMe campaign, which did not succeed. And so I didn't get any money at all for it. Um, I'm still hoping there's another vent, another way of going about this that will work. Um, but I do resist the idea of doing a very cheap, small book because I think that sort of that that just doesn't do what I want this project to do. And a friend of mine did say that. Um, you know, people don't want a book of homeless people sitting on their coffee table, staring up at them and making them feel guilty. So <laughs> maybe this is uh, maybe this is a, a project that has, I have some significant uh, issues I have to deal with. But but I do want it to be a book that honors and doesn't ex uh, doesn't incite pity or or any kind of feeling of, of distance. I want it to be a book that that you know that you would be proud to show and own. The photos I've seen uh, show a just communicate a joy and a resoluteness that, that mm -hmm. these people have. Uh, that you know, if there, if and when there there is such a book, I know I know that your work in this series and others, but in this series your work has gotten some. Uh, very uh, 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 exuberant praise in the media, and uh, that I know there's. Well, I know of a a, a uh, exhibition that I think is going to happen fairly soon. I won't spill the details because maybe that will be a reason for another uh, podcast down the line. But uh, if and when the books are avail, the book is available. I would say it's it's a cool book to, to have because it isn't a downer not that there's anything wrong with downers on occasion it is something that's just uh you, you look at people you want to know and you already know through the photos but you you are happy to know more about their lives and i think that's in many ways the point um you do go uh when you take the photos and you've discussed this with people and they are happy to they are they consent to have their photos taken, which is most of the time when you talk to people. Almost always, yeah. And then uh, when you're done with the photo, you, you you bring back a print. Is that correct? Yeah. And what generally is there is the response? If there's any one general response, people seem to like them. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty good photographer, so I I take pictures that uh, people. I'm I'm in the business of making you look good, so. Uh, we're going to rush out and become homeless now so we can get nice, <laughs> I need to nice photos to use. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so it's a win-win. Well, so you, you have an opportunity to speak to these folks. So can you relate back some of the maybe comments, some of the thoughts, some of the things that they said to you that maybe enhances the photos as well? Well, they've all told me their stories, and, and sometimes in great detail, sometimes just, uh, you know, two sentences. Right. And their stories are inevitably interesting. Um, and, uh, and that's really, I think, a part of the, the, um, the, they go along with the photographs. So you get some sense of what these people have been through.
Um, and uh, it's it's not what you think. It's not, I mean, of course there are people who are strung out on drugs and they have, you know, problems like that. But uh, a lot of people ended up there through uh, spousal abuse, mm-hmm. through just losing a job, through, um, I spoke to one guy who's really, his, he had a skill level which was very adequate at one point in his life, and the requirements for his job just went up and up and up, and mm-hmm. he didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he ended up on the street. But he's a metal, he's a machinist, and he's uh, uh, seems to be a very competent guy. Now, I don't know, I wasn't at his workplace, I didn't see what happened, but mm-hmm. he was, he's this, he's an entirely normal rational human being he doesn't seem strange at all to me so these are uh people worthy of getting to know and maybe help yeah they're uh i i'm people who have maybe made some wrong choices Mm -hmm. and who have had a dark past uh there's one woman i talked to who was a computer programmer uh for years but she was also um a heroin addict and um, eventually that won out. But right now she's clean as a whistle. She doesn't even smoke or drink coffee. She's, like, married. And and these are, you know, she deserves another chance. But, um, you know, computer programming has progressed a lot since she was doing mm-hmm. that. And she's probably out of touch with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, she made some mistakes. And uh, and pretty significant ones but it doesn't mean that she's a bad person she just mm. made some mistakes that are you know a little bit worse than the mistakes i've made or you've made maybe yeah, well we all well that's life right <laughs> yeah mistakes. right and, it, and real fast a key point what you just said is that for some folks looking at people in that situation they just assume it's their fault right. and i was doing a, a facilitation for a council office which i won't say and uh, the younger generation there that's exactly what they thought they, there was no experience there for them to understand what you're talking about right now and i think that's an important piece that more and more of us understand so that's where i think your photos and maybe a written section that goes with it yeah could be very useful i spoke to one guy um who's a registered nurse worked for kaiser permanente um he's an iraq war veteran mm-hmm. uh with ptsd mm-hmm. uh they pumped him full of drugs. They didn't work. Alcohol does work. Um, and when I met him, he was sitting just down the street from the high-rise apartment where he used to live. Mm. And he was making a living selling used T-shirts for a dollar. Mm. Um, and I've just hardly ever met anybody as vulnerable and as frightened but in, entirely rational, mm-hmm. you know, knowledgeable, educated, uh, well-spoken human being, but just suffering the effects of PTSD in a way that somehow the medications don't help. Right. Do you um, have conversations with us, the people you're, I guess, well, when you're walking around and and going up to people and saying hi and also asking about taking photographs and you have your camera uh, do some of the people actually start wanting to discuss photography with you <laughs> and maybe do it or have done it on their own and are interested yeah, very often they they pull out their cell phones yeah. and photograph me <laughs> do you do you have some of those photos do I, I don't know I, I, I wish I did uh, but uh, that's no, a whole other uh, exhibition down the line but very often these people are very you know media savvy and uh, social media savvy and they almost invariably have cell phones some of them have websites believe it or not Uh, it's a different homelessness (laughs) it's homelessness 2019 Uh, there's real skill set to surviving in all kinds of ways the struggle to survive is is uh, something that occurs psychologically emotionally Mm -hmm. Uh, you do what you can I'm sure Uh, a lot of people will try all kinds of things and and I think we We live in a society that right now, at this moment, politically, there's a discussion that in some ways the economy 
according to certain uh, measurements, is doing well. But there's also a clear understanding that uh, most of us uh, are not particularly feeling safe. All kinds of things can happen that uh, cost us and, and cost us in a way that that uh, we could be uh, in, in a very vulnerable position, whether it's healthcare related or housing. Uh, the cost, here in LA, the cost of housing, certainly, uh, and across the country in many places, the trends are such that is, uh, people are, are, you know, whatever the saying is about a paycheck ahead at most of, of real dire circumstances and challenges. And so it's really important, I'd say, to do what you help us do, which is to bridge the gap of understanding where people who are in a, a, a tough circumstance from sure most or all, uh, are not seen as an other kind of uh, non-human or barely human or hard to relate to or type person that you don't want to look at or talk with or that people want to maybe or feel that they should shy away from, that really is crucial that we do. Well, hopefully we're able to do with anybody whose paths we might cross, which is to have a friendly way and and a welcoming way and a, a manner that that is graceful and, and kind and and I think I'm not going to say you make the claim of that for your work, but I think I'll make the claim for your work that that is what happens. Um, and there may be other people who 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 take photographs of homeless people. I'm sure there must be, but um, you bring your your way of taking photos, and it's clearly. The case that one sees the the humanity and, and the beauty of these people and the, the personableness, and uh, you want and I know I want to know more of their lives. Uh, just um, the I know being on the street, as Paul was saying, could be very dangerous. There's there's you know it's unsafe for in a lot of reasons, especially for women and children. Have you ever run into a situation where you said, okay, um, this is I've got to get this person help? I've got to get them um, services that they need to try to get them off the street because it's not safe for them. You know, I haven't run into anything specifically like that. I've seen people that, um, there's one guy I'm thinking about in particular who is clearly, uh, I mean, he's insane. That's simply put, I mean, just entirely, and he's, um, He's insane. Um, and he refused help. And I didn't, couldn't figure out what language he really spoke. He spoke maybe a hundred words of English. Um, he told me that his name was King George and that Queen Elizabeth was going to come save him. And um, I mean, he's uh, somebody that really is. In, indelibly printed on my my experience um i tried to uh, i i did want to help him in a in a way but i just didn't know what to do i really don't know what to do he's missing a leg he gets around on a um, walker and you don't go very far on a walker um uh, with one leg you need to have you know you need crutches he didn't have any um it, uh, yeah i mean there are people like that i i just uh, he's been in touch with uh, workers from the city um but i i don't know what to do i really don't and i'm it was it was upsetting and he was very you know he was very friendly and i i think i gave him once i gave him 10 20 or something like that and he gave it away immediately which may have been something wonderful for him to do. Um, well, I, I mean, maybe yeah. he needed to, to give a, something of value to somebody else, whether or he, not he fully he, saw it. He, as such. Gave, uh, he gave somebody a bill, I remember. I think it was a 10 or maybe it was a 20, and said, buy a cigarette. And the guy went off and never came back so. and, and one of your portraits is of uh, yes. King George yeah. or whatever right. name he goes right. by um, 
Well, let's uh, go back to another aspect of homelessness. So there, there are those that I call are functionally homeless, the ones you see living in uh, RVs mm-hmm. and they're moving through neighborhoods. And, um, and I have quite a few of those in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you'd considered maybe doing a series of photos of them as well, because they're, they're a little bit, I want to say different, it's just a little bit different circumstances in, sure. in that they have a, a maybe a safer place to stay in. Mm-hmm. I haven't. Uh, I've mostly been specializing in in Venice and Santa Monica and the freeway exits okay. and uh, in downtown opposite uh, Union Station. Um, I haven't photographed a whole lot of people who are at that level of homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them really sort of are in the gray area between right. homeless and housed. Right. Uh, and uh, I've seen some, as we all have, I've seen some campers that are, look, oh, I'd live in there. <laughs> you know, it looks pretty good to me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm obviously making some editorial choices here. Sure. I'm not going down to Skid Row where you're really, um, you would be in some significant danger walking down the street with an expensive camera. Right. Um, uh, and I think the population down there is is very often there's a lot of drugs involved. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm mostly photographing people who you could and I believe should you know strike up a conversation with. Right. Um, but there are obviously people on both ends of the spectrum, people that are really in serious trouble and really can only be, you know. At the best, we can provide basic services that maybe so they won't die out there in the street. And then there's some people who, um, you know, need to save up a little bit to get their air conditioning fixed in their camper. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's an interesting piece because I know some people look at those who are in the RV and don't give them the same kind of respect, maybe or. Uh, or, or just uh, uh, the sense of do you, you know you're in need. They mm-hmm. kind of blow them off, and that's why I was was wondering uh, about that. I want to make sure that that doesn't get lost as well. Now, what you're saying, so, so pardon me about Skid Row. That's very, very deep, and, mm-hmm. and with human relations, we we did work down there, and it is a different you know mm-hmm. environment. But they're all parts and parcel of the same field, more or less. Yeah, I think that in, there. A part of the same field because they're they're all living without a permanent uh, right. or a, a fixed place to live, so mm-hmm. they don't have an address, a safe place. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're I, it's um, hard to lump them together. You know, mm-hmm. We're, some of the people I've seen in RVs are really in not bad shape. They're they're doing pretty okay. Uh, maybe they're traveling a little bit. You know, maybe they. Uh, next you know next week they're going to be in phoenix uh so um it there there are all sorts of levels uh, I, I think yeah. it's really important to note that yeah. um for a very specific reason that there are, homelessness isn't one group or type of person or circumstance it's students who don't have the money to uh, uh, yeah. To survive, given the cost of books, given the cost of college, they may be sleeping in their cars. Um, there's families, there's kids as part yeah. of families, there's vets, there's all kinds of people. Uh, and that also means there are hopefully all kinds of solutions being contemplated, being undertaken, being implemented. Uh, somebody here is at least one person crossing their fingers. Um, it is fair to say that it's risen up uh, in LA. At least it's it's become a probably the number one priority governmentally. Uh, those efforts don't always seem to uh, come to fruition totally. Uh, there are differences of opinion. There are legal issues uh, in terms of any kind of undertaking. There's a Hopefully, an evolution of consciousness. Uh, I don't mean to speak of others, for myself, for everyone, where we really try to come to grips with with uh, what we can do to uh, to help other people and ourselves as a as a common society. Uh, does anyone here have the sense of the latest um, estimates of homeless? The homeless population here. Well, the numbers haven't come out from uh, the recent. Uh, uh 
census takings. So um, it's, I'm trying to remember what the uh, what our office uses. Do you no, have a, no, I, our silent partner oh. over there just um, said she thought it was sixty thousand. So we're hearing sixty thousand. Yeah, sixty thousand. But um, that might be a little bit under. Yeah. And I, I think that that's part of the problem, right? You, you, as you probably are aware of, that uh, there's a sense, at least in, in my department, that there's more. And there actually are economic workforce development is trying to, to develop programs to, to bring people out of that situation. We know the city government is trying to figure ways of, uh, especially like for the folks with the RVs and the cars, places would be safer for them. So. Right. And, and I think right. the numbers are woefully under. And, and there are places which are starting to say, you know, maybe synagogue here, temple there, mm -hmm. other institutions that they may have land that, they, that can be used for housing of whatever kind. There are all kinds of efforts uh, being considered, uh, debated, sometimes ruthlessly debated, <laughs> back and forth. And it is, uh, it is good to see that it is a, a top priority. But I think also part of that is not uh, viewing people in a negative light because they face challenges. It is to actually embrace uh, mm. their humanity as we hope ours is embraced in terms of figuring out how people's quality of life can be both respected and improved. Uh, and and so, uh, yes, I, I think it's uh, it's amazing to see how the issue has become one that's here in LA, certainly on everyone's uh, list of, of top priorities. Uh, and, and tragically, there's a lot of reasons to think that there will be more and more homeless people uh, facing all kinds of new problems. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, weapons out there, drugs out there, a lack of sometimes jobs and housing, the cost of things. Uh, so we have to get a grip on it, and the effort is being made, but, but part of it is, is not just making it an abstract process, but actually recognizing the humanity of people and, and making that a cardinal tenet. Well, uh, just real quick, I've been in the last year or so up down state, San Francisco, bad situation here with homelessness. Uh, Salinas coming down, a lot of the workers, homeless, seen it uh, pretty much all, all just like go all around. Now, in, in your interactions uh, of the folks by the freeways you were saying, right? Mm -hmm. The overpasses, I see them a lot. Particular reason, you, have you learned why they prefer that area? You know, there's uh, there's really no common denominator. No I mean, I just hear one story and then I hear another story mm -hmm. and it's they're all different. I was um, just curious if they thought it was a safer place. No, I think that uh, for every homeless person finding a safe place to pitch your tent if in fact you have a tent mm -hmm. um is a consistent there's a consistent problem because the um there's a problem not only with outsiders uh right. attacking you uh but also with other homeless people there's a lot of um uh you know bad stuff that goes on between homeless people yeah, yeah. there are uh, sometimes if you're really down you steal from the person who's next to you and well there's a i know this because i've done a facilitation for this one on venice by the 405 freeway mm -hmm. are you familiar with that yeah, encampment sure. there there's been a lot of issues there mm -hmm. there's some folks that are homeless folks who are kind or nice quote unquote according to the neighborhood mm -hmm. but then there's been other issues yeah so this kind of relates to what you're saying yeah, uh, it, it. I don't think there's, uh, you know, any more than there's a common denominator to people in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of them are nice, some of them are crazy, some of them are strung out on drugs. I mean, the, the same things apply. But they have a roof over their head. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're strung pool. out on very expensive <laughs> drugs. <laughs> uh, but there's... Um, there, there isn't really a common denominator okay. among people who don't have a place to live. So not all homeless are alike. I learned something new here today. Thank you so much. Yes, Ed, uh, thank you so much. I, again, want to urge people to check out your website, which is edfreeman.com. Uh, I don't know if there's a separate Facebook whatever, but uh, 
edfriedman.com will will get you to the neighborhood of looking at uh, some Instagram, of the photos and reading about Ed. Okay. I, we didn't really go into that much into your life, which is your life story, which is pretty interesting, very interesting. Another show. Maybe everyone's is, but yours, uh, again, not all of us uh, uh, shared time with the Beatles and, <laughs> and that kind of thing. Um, and again, the works that we're talking about, uh, which Ed is making new ones all the time, it's not a simple process of taking out a cell phone or you know, no. whatever camera one might have and just snapping a picture. When you look at Ed's work, you'll see that so much time and attention and effort is put into uh, the work uh, from inception, which may be well before the photo is taken, to completion, which involves a whole lot of work on computer and otherwise. Um, but the works that we're talking about that are of people who are homeless or who have been who were homeless at the time the pictures were taken, um, the proceeds, the, the uh, profits go to the Venice, Venice community housing. So, uh, so if you have a checkbook and want something nice <laughs> to put on your wall or to give to somebody. Again, these are, are actually very uh, upbeat, I'd say, in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, if you do purchase a photo, uh, or you know, whether or not you, t you purchase one, it's good to know that the proceeds, the, f the profits go to a great cause, and that uh, cause that actually does uh, provide, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's, a, it's a means of helping people who are homeless. Um, so thank you so much for all that you do with these photos and uh, we look forward to seeing more into a an exhibition hopefully in LA soon again I've heard talk of one um, and and maybe the uh, listeners out there will want to uh, start up a, another GoFundMe effort uh, or maybe there's a, a nice publisher out there but we yeah, look forward to seeing that book occur and so thank you again so much uh, any last words no thank you and I you know what i I do recommend uh, this is something that will change your life. If you see some guy sitting or some woman sitting on the street that you think, you know, might be an interesting person, go buy a foot-long Subway sandwich and sit down next to them and say, I can't eat all this. You want a half? I mean, really, you can mm -hmm. do that. And I can almost guarantee you, you will have a really interesting conversation. Because I've done that dozens of times and it's never failed to be a worthwhile experience well you'd be a better spokesperson for subway than somebody's had in the past <laughs> but that's another story so ed freeman thank you so much gary de la rosa renee nahum susan o'leary who's been our silent uh, spectator thank you all and uh and uh, we're just happy that you are part of the panoply of los angeles so on that note, uh, everyone have a good day. Bye-bye. As your anointed podcast interlocutor, I want to leave you with a pearl of wisdom. What Ed does is special in showing us persons without homes. But Ed is not alone, and certainly our art and culture has a history of such works. Let me point the way to one cinematic example. There is a website known as YouTube. On it you can find a film clip from the movie Gold Diggers of 1933 with Joan Blondell and Etta Martin singing Remember My Forgotten Man. Even now. 86 years later, it rips me apart. I, your otherwise stolid and unflinching podcast interlocutor. But I shall wipe away my tears and urge you to check out more podcasts at slenunciator.com. Reach out and touch someone by emailing us at slenunciator at gmail.com. We always want to hear from you, but first... Let us howl our approval for our musical Mad Hatter, Fingers Del Rey.